Chapter 9, A Tight Leash Unfortunately, Cass's mother seemed to think that her absence meant Cass should have less freedom rather than more. A week after she broke the news about her trip, even though she was late for the airport, her mother spent 20 minutes listing all the things Cass wasn't allowed to do while she was gone, including sliding down the fire pole and riding in the back of Wayne's pickup truck. Cass's mother pushed her credit card into Cass's hand for emergency, she said, but there's but there better not be any. Then she turned toward Cass's substitute grandfathers and now substitute guardians. Remember, she's not as adult as she seems. She's still our little girl, which was just about the most infuriating thing her mother could say. Don't worry, we'll keep her on a tight leash, said Grandpa Larry, which made Cass even madder. Yeah, Sebastian has a few extras, joked Grandpa Wayne, which was so unfunny, it wasn't funny. Apparently, keeping Cass on a tight leash meant dragging her around with them wherever they went. As soon as her mother left, Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne started filling all her out-of-school time with trips to flea markets and sweat meets and garage sales and auto park junkyards. They said they were just checking out the competition, but Cass noticed they never left anywhere empty-handed. After two days with them, Cass never wanted to see another old or broken thing for the rest of her life. When the next Saturday arrived, Cass's grandfathers announced that it was time for them to take their once-a-year inventory. Each and every single thing in the store had to be counted. Cass could only imagine what it would be like. The store was so disorganized that it would take an entire year to catalog its contents, and then it would be time for the next year's inventory. She couldn't ask for a better opportunity to return them to the magician's house and resume her investigation. As if she were trying to be helpful, she offered to take Sebastian for a walk while her grandfathers were working. They accepted on condition that she not stay away too long. Cass knew they'd lose track of time as soon as they got started on the inventory, so she readily agreed, and even promised to keep up after the dog. Being blind, Sebastian had a tendency to go about his business in inconvenient places. There was one thing she had to do before she left. In case her grandfathers were more efficient about taking inventory than she imagined, Cass stealthily removed the symphony of smells from her backpack and slipped it back and onto the shelf where Grandpa Larry had last stored it. Probably they wouldn't look, but it was better to be careful. Besides, her backpack was heavy enough as it was. The magician's notebook, of course, she kept. No way she was leaving that. Then she said a loud goodbye and headed out with Sebastian. When she got there, she let Sebastian off his leash and opened the big red front door. Usually, Sebastian would run in at this point and head for the kitchen in search of food. This time, Sebastian hesitated at the door, refusing to enter when Cass tried to nudge him in. What's wrong? Don't you want your breakfast? You know, food. Eat. Cass waited until he finally entered the store, but he kept growling and turning his head this way and that, as if trying to catch an elusive scent. Cass looked inside. Everything was the way it was when she left. It didn't look as though her grandfathers had made any headway on the inventory. Grandpa Larry? Grandpa Wayne? Nobody answered. Cass couldn't remember the firehouse ever being so silent. She called their names again. Something was wrong. Her instincts told her to turn around and leave as fast as she could, which is exactly what she should have done and what you and I should do if we ever find ourselves in her situation. But what if her grandfathers were bound and gagged and locked in a closet? She could have saved them, but she didn't. Or what if they were lying in the kitchen in a pool of blood, breathing, breathing their last breath, and she could have been there to hear their dying wishes, but she wasn't? 
Or what if, instead of entering quietly, Cass made a lot of noise as she walked in. She talked loudly to Sebastian. She banged on furniture. She figured if the bad guys heard her, maybe they'd sneak out to avoid being seen. It was better than surprising them and having them knock her unconscious in a moment of panic. For about ten tense minutes, Cass searched the firehouse. She had never realized how many hiding places there were in her grandfather's store, how many wardrobes to climb into and tables to climb under. Even so, it looked like her strategy had worked. The bad guys had had left when they heard her. Or else they'd already left. Or else they'd never been there. Her grandfathers were not tied up in a closet. There was no blood on the kitchen floor. Everything seemed to be okay, except for the fact that her grandfathers were missing. Then she heard a loud bang. It sounded like gunfire.